0: Well, good morning, church. Happy Easter! Oh wow, wow! He is risen! Wow! Uh, let's try. Let's just try that one more time. Happy Easter! Okay, all right. That's good. That's good. We're all ready to go. Uh, before you leave today, uh, before you exit the building, uh, you're going to have a decision. Uh, there's going to be a decision that you will have made in regards to God's good plans for you, His expectations for your life. Now, I'm not going to tell you what that decision is just yet, uh, but I am going to tell you this. I'm going to reenact for you a portion of Scripture. Uh, If you want to find where that piece of Scripture is, you can grab one of the pew Bibles in front of you. I'm going to be Luke 24, 13 through the end of the chapter. Luke 24, 13 to the end of the chapter. And if you want to follow along, uh, with the story that I'm going to give to you, uh, you can open up your Bibles, page 738 in those few Bibles in front of you, and I'm going to walk a path with you. I'm going to walk a path for everybody here in this room, and you're going to have a path that either that you have walked already, that you are walking right now, or that you will walk, uh, concerning God's Good purposes for you, his good design, his good purpose and plan, his expectations for your life. Luke 24, 13 through 49. Whoo! Man, am I tired! I think I baptized three hundred people today. Three hundred people. I mean, the early reports are beginning to come in, and, and some people say that there has been three thousand people baptized today. Three thousand people. Now, I, I don't know where you come from, but where I come from, there are towns smaller than that. Three thousand people. Man, that Peter he can really preach. It was amazing. 3,000 people. I was baptizing one right after another. It was incredible. Oh, I, I forgot to tell you who I am. My name is Cleopas. Now, if you know anything about the Greek, Cleopas in the Greek means extremely bright one. You're not buying it, huh? But you would, right? All right, all right. Enough about me. Did I get to tell you that I baptized 300 people today? Uh, 300 people. And it was incredible. I mean, everybody was there. There was uh, was people from every tribe and nationality, every language and people group were there in one spot. and, And they were all responding to the good news about Jesus. They they were all responding to this message that that he had risen and that he had good news and a good plan for them. They were responding and we we got to be there. It was absolutely incredible. It was one of those red letter days. Uh, It was one of those days you mark on your calendar and every time it comes around, uh, you just look at the calendar and you go, that was the day. That was the day I got to baptize 300 people. It was absolutely incredible. But can I tell you, I nearly missed it. I I, I nearly missed it. I I, I nearly missed this red-letter day. I I nearly nearly missed the the day that, that I could come back around to time and again. I merely missed this day. This day almost never happened, at least for me. It almost never happened for me because I had missed God's good plan for me. I had got my expectation all wrong. Have you ever noticed that sometimes... God's plan, His good design for you, His good purpose, His expectation for you doesn't match what you expected. Have you ever noticed that sometimes you expect one thing from God and and get another? I think of some of the people that I've known. You know Mary in the Bible? Mary, the the mother of Jesus, Uh, she was a young woman. And and I I think she was uh, probably just really excited about coming and marrying Joseph. And they were going to get married. They were going to have kids just like every other Jewish family. They were going to have a white picket fence sort of life. That's what she expected. And then one day, God shows up. He sends an angel and tells her that, oh, by the way, you are going to be the mother of the Messiah. You're going to be the the mother of the one who comes to save the world. I think it's safe to say that that's not exactly what Mary had in mind. That, that, That she was expecting something completely different. Anybody hear of John the Baptist? Yeah, John the Baptist, he was the one who came talking about Jesus. He came to prepare the way for him. He was telling people to repent and be ready for the kingdom so that they would be ready for Jesus. And then when Jesus comes, you know what happens to John? He gets arrested, he gets thrown in jail. But John's probably not worried because you know what he's expecting? He's expecting that he's going to get broke out, right? Uh, There's going to be a jailbreak, and Jesus is going to be the lead, and John the Baptist is going to uh, enjoy his ministry with Jesus. That's what John expected. But you know what John got? John was put to death. I don't know that that's exactly what he had in mind. I'm not sure that if you had asked John, he would definitely say, yeah, that was God's good plan and good purpose. I'm not sure that John would say, yeah, that's that's what God's expectation was. And I was totally cool. I wonder, with you, if sometimes we expect one thing from God and we get another. How about you in your life? Do you... Do you find that uh, as you look over your entire life, you find that, uh, that there's areas of your life where you just expected a little more? Uh, like, like you expected uh, God's plan to be a little different? Uh, maybe you expected more money. Uh, maybe you thought where you'd be in this life right now that, uh, that, that God uh, would just have given you more money. Uh, maybe, Maybe you thought and you expected that there would be more adventure, maybe more romance, maybe more friendships, more. You know what I'm talking about? You expected more, more of at least something. And I wonder, I wonder with you, I wonder out loud with you, have you come to the point at times where you expect one thing from God? And get another. Uh, When when God, uh, when his good plans seem to be different than what we had expected, what is it that we can expect God to provide? Uh, When things are different than we thought they were going to be, what is it that we can expect from God? God. I mean, when we look over our life and we find that, uh, that our life on a canvas is beginning to look like a Bob Ross painting with little happy trees everywhere, and but what we expected was a Michelangelo, Sistine Chapel kind of life, what can we count on from God? I've had some experience with God's expectations I've had some experience with with God molding and shaping, shattering my expectations. I'm going to suggest to you that God will clarify His plan and He will correct your expectations. Uh, That when you expect one thing and something else happens, when you've thought about God's good plan and purpose and design in one way, And it's turned out an entirely different way that that God is going to to give you clear instruction and He'll correct your expectation. All of that happened for me on a walk. Uh, It happened on a walk and, and God clarified who He was, clarified His plan and gave me correction in regards to the expectations that I had of His plan. It all started on the first day of the week. Now, for you all, first day of the week, that's Sunday. And my friend and I, his name was Abacus. Uh, Abacus and I were were walking, uh, and we were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's a seven-mile hike. And we had just left Jerusalem. Now, on a good day, uh, you can make the seven-mile hike in about mm, two or three hours. But that day wasn't a good day. That day wasn't a good day because we had serious questions. We had serious questions about God's good plan. You see, our expectations were wrong. We had left Jerusalem because the Passover had just happened. Uh, the Passover, it's this incredible celebration. Uh, it really is this uh, this feast where everybody gets together and you try and celebrate uh, God's redemption for his people. And quite frankly, we had expected great things from this particular Passover. Uh, We had expected uh, that Jesus, uh, God's Son, uh, the Messiah, the Savior, uh, that He was going to come and redeem all of Israel. What we expected uh, was that we were absolutely going to be set free from all of Rome forever. And we didn't get what we expected. Instead, they took Jesus All the the chief priests and the rulers, they would hand him over. And he was beaten. He was spat upon. He was mocked. And he was crucified. Crucified. Like like dead. Uh, This wasn't what we expected. And Abacus and I were talking and We were questioning God's plan. Uh, We were questioning his his expectations in all of this. How could this be? Why was this? And the gentleman decided to join our tandem. What you talking about? What are we talking about? I mean, are you serious? Uh, What, have you had your head in the sand? I mean, this is what I was thinking. Uh, What are we talking about? Everybody's talking about one thing. There's no way that everybody is not talking about the crucifixion that happened uh, just a a little bit ago. A couple of days. Everybody's talking about one thing. How is it that I get the one guy in all of Jerusalem that doesn't know what's going on? I mean, I'm thinking kind of like... What's going on? What are you talking about? I was thinking, everybody knows what Fox News is going to cover when the Republicans win the White House. And this guy happens to be with me. And he wants to know what's going on. But I was nice. Sort of. I looked at him and I said, well, have you you not heard... All that has been going on in Jerusalem over these past many days? And he looks at me and he says, Like what? What things? What's been going on? And I was like, About Jesus. Uh, about Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, he was, he was a prophet from God who was, who was powerful in word and deed before God and every man. Uh, Didn't you hear about Him? Uh, We had expected that He was the one. Uh, We had, that this was God's plan, that He was God's Messiah, our Savior, uh, that He was going to free us. That Jesus? And He looks at me, and He says something that I couldn't believe. He says to me, Cleopas, you remember the the one whose name he would like to mean extremely bright? This guy, this stranger, this clueless man who's had his head in the sand and doesn't know what's going on in Jerusalem, he looks at me and you know what he says? You're not too bright, are you? And then he goes forward. And right there on the side of the road, He begins to recite scripture. He said, are you so dim-witted that you didn't understand what the prophets were saying about the one who was to come? Were you so stupid that you didn't understand? All the prophets said that he has to come and he has to suffer and he has to die. It's necessary. He had to do it, and he began to open up the Scriptures right there on the side of the road, and he started in Genesis, and then he went to Deuteronomy, and the Psalms, and all the prophets, and he went through Isaiah, and Ezekiel, and Jeremiah, and Zechariah, and he went all through, and he said, look, this is God's good plan. And right there, right there on the side of the road, he was showing us that our our expectations, we're wrong. And that even if we couldn't see it, God always had a plan in place. But it wasn't just that. It wasn't just that, that moment where, where he, he clarified for us what God's plan was and, and corrected our expectation. It was the aha moment. Have you had an aha moment? You see, an aha moment is when God, acting how God does, allows us to see what we could never see before. And Abacus and I, uh, we were hearing all of this and, and something was burning inside of us. It was an aha moment. He was correcting our expectations. He was clarifying God's plan. But on this walk, there was another aha It wasn't just about uh, the correction of expectation that He was going to give us in the past. It was a correction of His plan for us in the future. It was getting cooler. The day was was getting longer. Uh, We were coming closer and closer to the town of Emmaus. And as we approached... We said, we're going to pull over and get something to eat. Abacus and I go to, to a little place that we knew that we could get something to eat. And, and our friend, this stranger that happened to be with us that had stirred something in regards to God's plan inside of us, he, he was just going to keep going. And we said, hey, hey, come on back. Come on. Now, there's nothing good going to come down there. Why, why don't you join us? Join us for dinner. Come on. And so We did. He came and he sat with us. Now, it's a little odd. If you had been there, you would have seen how odd it was. You see, normally, if I ask you to come to dinner with me, I'm the host and you're my guest. But when this guy sat down, when he sat down with us and he began to to eat with us, he acted like he was the host and we were the guests. You see, he was the one that that would take the bread and he began to break it and and, and he took it. And when he gave us the bread, it was an aha. You see, our eyes couldn't have seen it for six, seven miles our feet had walked next to him for six or seven miles for hours. We had had listened. We had uh, come back and forth in regards to uh, God's plan and His good expectations, but we couldn't have seen it. He handed us the bread, and it was Jesus. Uh, it was Jesus, people. I mean, he was alive. He was right there, right there in front of us. We were we were walking next to Jesus. He was alive. Uh, The women weren't lying at all. Uh, They had gone to the tomb earlier, and it was empty. And we didn't believe them. We thought, ah, yeah, but there's no body, and there's no blood trail. There was nothing. And there he was. And just as quickly as he appeared, he disappeared. Now, I'm going to tell you a little-known fact. You can tuck this away. Abacus and I, we own the world record for the 10,000 meters. Because when we found out that it was Jesus, uh, we got on our horse and we ran. I mean, I'm talking running full out uh, in, in full sweat. We, we were running just as fast as we could all the way back to Jerusalem. Everybody had to know about this. Uh, the disciples had to hear. Uh, we needed to tell them Jesus was alive. The women were right. He was alive. When we got back to Jerusalem, we met with everybody and we were trying to say, hey, look, 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 he, he, he is alive. I mean, he he told us about the scriptures. Uh, he clarified uh, his plan. And he gave us a new set of correct expectations. And Jesus again appeared to us. And we got to, to eat with him. And again, he opened up the scriptures and he clarified again his, his plan. And he corrected our expectation. And then he said, Repentance and forgiveness will be preached. And right then, we knew that this walk, this walk had clarified our plan for what God was going to do with us in the future. We were going to be, we were going to be the ones that would ask others to come and follow him. Did I tell you that I got to baptize 300 people 300 people. But I almost missed it. I almost missed God's good plan. I don't want you to miss God's good plan. I don't want you to miss uh, his good plan for you, his good design for you, his good purpose for you. I don't want you to miss God's good plan for you because you had other expectations. Allow Him to clarify His plan and to correct your expectation. Because there's one thing that I know about God. is that He always brings His plan together. Some of you know exactly what that's like, don't you? Some of you in this room right now, you you know exactly what it's like to have one expectation, to have one plan in mind that that God was taking you down only to find that that wasn't it. Some of you know exactly what it's like to, uh, to point your face in the direction of Emmaus and say, God is dead. So I promised you, I promised you at the very beginning that you were going to have an opportunity at a decision in regards to God's good plan for you, his design, his purpose for you, and his expectations. One decision is to Emmaus, one decision is that you reject God's good plan. That you keep heading toward Emmaus, uh, that you say God is dead, that he has no plan, that there is no more expectation, and you go on going on. That you just keep on keeping on. Uh, You pay your taxes, uh, you're nice to your neighbors, maybe you're even a good person. Uh, But if you make that decision, if you head toward Emmaus, You say God is dead. There's no clarifying needed for expectation or plan. Then you will miss Jesus. And you will miss his plan for you. And you will never know what red letter day might be on the calendar because you have walked the other way. And you might be a good person. But you'll never be a godly one. The other decision, the other decision is to Jerusalem. The other decision is to accept that Jesus did rise from the dead. That he's real, that he's alive right now at the right hand of God the Father. And that he has a great plan in store for you. That he wants to join you on whatever walk you need to take in order to get there. And if you accept it, if you believe and you say, I I am willing to repent, I'm willing to say, you know, God, I've not always been the person that I should have been. You're willing to confess that to him. You're willing to repent. You're willing to submit to the Lord and come to be baptized. If you're willing to accept that and and head towards Jerusalem that he is alive then you will never miss God's good plan. You will have clarified for you what God's good plan for you is. And you will get to know his expectations for your life. But you have to make the decision where you head toward Emmaus or you head toward Jerusalem and only you can decide So I'm going to pray in a moment. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you have an idea that you want to make the decision to head toward Jerusalem, to say, yeah, God is alive. I want him to clarify for me his plan and correct my expectation. Then I'm going to ask you uh, that while we pray that, that you just simply raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. And if that's you, would you write out who you are? Would you let us know? Would you grab one of us after service so that, that we can help you figure out what it looks like to point your face in the direction of Jerusalem? Let's pray together. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And it's at this point that if, if you desire to accept, if you want to point your face toward Jerusalem... I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. I want to do this, Lord. Lord, for those that have raised their hands, Lord, I, I pray that they will not end with their hands in the air, in the seat on an Easter morning. But this will be a decision that changes the rest of their life, that they will not miss your good plans for them. That they will believe and accept. And they'll come to submit themselves to you in baptism. And their life will be completely different. I pray that it doesn't end here right now. But it's an ongoing life of discipleship with you. God, I pray for all of us. That if we haven't already had your plans clarified if we haven't already had expectations corrected, that you would lead us down that road. But I pray all of us could accept that you are alive and that you care and that you will give us your good purpose, your good plan, your good design. And you will give us clear instruction that corrects our expectation. Lord, I pray for those that have made a decision that they will not leave this place without a conversation, without a desire, without a note, that they will allow their decision to be noticed, to be public, to be recognized. Lord, we come to your altar and we make this decision this morning. A decision to accept who you are and your good plans. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.